Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We, we, we talked last week, as Taylor just mentioned, about um, emotional gauge. We're, we're, we're dealing with these three gauges, emotional, uh, spiritual, and physical gauge. Last week was emotional. If you had, did not get to watch last week, go back, watch it, share it. People need to hear that message from last week. So huge. You don't hear that message at church anymore. You don't hear about emotional. You, you don't even, it, 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 you need that. You need last week's message really, really bad. And so do your friends. So share it with them. Today is spiritual gauge, spiritual gauge. So emotional and spiritual. Uh, next week is physical gauge. And we're going, I'm excited about that. We're going to have fun with that one. So about um, 13 years ago or so, my daughter came up to me, Paige, and she came up to me, and, and when she walked up to me, she, your kids probably did the same thing, just walked up to me, stood next to me, and measured her height against my height. So she was about seven or eight years old, and she was gauging where she was according to her father's height. She never said a word. She just came up, gauged it all, and then right back to doing what she was doing before. And that is exactly what I'm trying to get you to do today. I I want you to measure yourself, not to your neighbor, not to your spouse, not to a best friend. I want you to measure, be measured up next to your heavenly father. I want us to check our spiritual gauges, but I want us to do it up next to our heavenly father. The first job today is get your mind off of everything in else, everything else in life that you generally judge yourself up against. And I don't want you to gauge yourself up to a pastor, a, 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 a co-worker, a friend, somebody said, but I want you to gauge yourself with the hand of the Lord in your life up next to your father. That's, that's, I really want to focus in right there. I, I've been guilty many times of personally trying to gauge myself up next to my peers, up next to uh, even, even other ministers uh, for me. And so let's, let's, let's drop all of that. The Bible talks about it's not good for us to judge ourselves among ourselves, and we lose something special when we start comparing. And so um, let, let's take this a little step further uh, and tell you the rest of the story. Paige, Paige came up to me and gauged her height with her little hand, and there's something natural about it. It's kind of crazy. She, she came up to put her hand on the top of her head, put it next to mine on my body, and then as she's walking away, watch this, as she distances herself from her father, there's something natural in us. I don't know what it is. We kind of go, you know what I mean? I, I don't understand. You don't just go. You don't go. You always go, you know, I don't know what it is. But so, so she, would, she would gauge, and then as she stepped away, she would look at the gauge. But she was a little deceived by the gauge because, because I want to look at her and go, that's not where you are. 
that's not where you are, but if that's where you think you are, I, I, I can't, unless you ask me, I can't really tell you. She allowed herself to be the one to check the gauge of her growth instead of someone from a greater height. And, and the further she backed away from the father, uh, her father, the further her hand went up. I, I, think, I think all of us have been there before that the more we distance ourselves from, from the father, I don't know what it is about this, but again, our human nature kicks in, that, that kind of that pride kicks in, and the further I wake, get away from the further, father, I'll get this out right here in a minute, further I get away from the father, the more I like think I'm all that. Is that right? I don't, I don't know what it is. I need God to help me judge where my spiritual gauge is landing. I need God. I need God from his height, from his stature, from his place. And I want to lean in and ask God. I want to lean in and say, God, where am I at in my spiritual gauge? Because if something, I feel something lacking, it very well could be my spiritual gauge is down and I need to determine, I need to find where that is, and I need you to help me with it. So ask, ask it, God, what is, my, what, is, what is your perspective on my faithfulness to you? What is, what is that, God? I don't want to determine that. I want to lean into you and see where you're at. I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. It says this. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So I love when God gives us these Picture, these word pictures, okay? With unveiled face. So here's, here's my unveiled face, my, my open, bare face. Beholding as in a mirror. So I'm looking in a mirror. And in that mirror, I see the glory of the Lord. So I'm not looking at myself here. I'm looking into the mirror and I see the glory of the Lord. I'm being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So my life begins to transform. The word transform right there means, the, the Greek word uh, switched over to English there is metamorphosis. So I'm being, there's a metamorphosis taking place as I look into the mirror of the glory of who he is this, and I'm transferred and look what helps do the transferring. Look what helps the metaphors, metamorphosis take place. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord begins to guide me, begins to coach me, begins to gauge me, begins to give me direction, and I'm transformed. There's a metamorphosis taking place in me, and a metamorphosis takes place on the inside and begins to manifest itself on the outside. I want you to make sure you get that. There is an inside change that begins to transform and the metamorphosis begins to take place, but it starts on the inside and begins to change the outside makeup of a man and a woman. And now, now sometimes in church, because we do this, we let God work on the outside <laughs> and think real good about ourselves because we work, let Him work on the outside and we never let him work on the inside. Come on now. Y'all can say, oh me, amen, whatever. And, and, and we never let him work on the inside. And what happens is 
we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're all that. And God said, man, let me tell you something. Let me guide you. Let me change you. But this is, this is what confuses us sometimes. We have, we have physical growth. Just like Paige, from the time she gauged herself up next to me, age and time allowed her to really begin to grow in her height. And so physically, we do that. We, we, we grow through time and age. We grow up. And somehow, because that is in our physical gauge, we transfer that over to think the same. Oh, come on now. Think the same thing has happened to us spiritually. That time and tenure in the church is what matures me. That's self-deception. <laughs> That's looking in the mirror and not letting God be on the other side. And I'm judging myself in that. And so spiritual growth is completely different. And there is nothing more deceiving than a Christian that measures their height in God by their tenure in the church. Spiritual growth is not automatic. I've seen people be in the church for 30 years and still like be babes in Christ. But they don't understand that. And I'm going to tell you, when you talk to them, they think they're here. <laughs> and you right quick pick up, there's no spiritual maturity. And so we want to deal with that. And, and, and I want to delve into the, the things that really can help us today to not have that self-deception. And so uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, 22 through 23. It says, many will say to me, in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And, man, that's pretty spiritual, right? And in thy name cast out devils. You're like, dude, that, that dude's spiritual. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Woo, another badge, another badge. And then I will profess unto them, I never even knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And you're like, what? They were so involved, so used, it seemed like, that we automatically, they automatically thought that their, their gauge was up, but they never checked with the Lord and where, where they were. They were gauging their talents. They were gauging their gifts but they were not leaning into the Father's gauge. It's a mark of maturity when a person faces himself honestly, knows himself, and admits his needs, and lets, let God begin to work on them and change them. There was a, a, a woman one time that she, she got in her car on, on, on the morning, and, and uh, she was telling her friend this uh, a little later in the day, she said, I, 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 I got in my car this morning, and, and uh, when I got in my car, my check engine light was on. And the lady said, oh, really? Yeah. She goes, yeah, my check engine light was on, and I thought that was really odd. And she said, so I, I got out, and I lifted my hood, and I checked on my engine. And she said it was still there. And so I really don't know why that that light was on, I really don't understand because my engine was still there. 
foolishness to the gauges. I had a, we had a, 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 a girl in Bible college. Um, I will not give her name to protect her brilliance. But she did what I'm telling you as sure as I'm standing here. Her engine on her light popped up and said low oil. Okay? She says, I got this. Didn't talk to anybody. Just read the gauge herself. Thought she knew what it was. Went to the store. Purchased oil. Like she, like five What do they call it, quarts? Five quarts of oil? Y'all knew I had to check in on that because I do a lot of oil changing. I do a lot of oil changing. <laughs> but I do know more than this lady did. Let me tell you. Watch this. Watch it. She came back and took five quarts of oil, lifted her hood, and poured it on her engine. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, of course, fell out the bottom. And the rest of her years at Bible college, that thing, when she cranked it up, you could see her coming. It was just smoke coming out. I, I want to tell you that we instantly at Bible college forgot about this. We never picked on her about it. Y'all believe that? We wore the saints out. I'm going to just tell you right now. We had more fun with that smoking car when it came in because she really took care of the oil situation. She, she had gauges. She had gauges. She was just foolish on how to read the gauges. My, uh, my, my <clears throat> a page again told me yesterday, this is a message about Paige, I guess, today. She told me yesterday, and it was so good. She said, Dad, last week's message really, really ministered to me. She said, I, I, it, it was so good for me to find out that there was three gauges. I needed three gauges on my dash. I said, well, thank you, baby. Thank you. And then she gave me some perspective that I had not thought about. She said, Dad, thank you for, for sharing that. And she said, but I, I put, as a girl, as a young lady, I put everything in the emotional and physical gauges. She said, and sometimes when I feel I'm lacking, because I have so many emotions, and, and, and let me just stay right here. She, she does. She does. That, she's not in here. She's serving in Parkway Kids. If y'all break silence, hurt me here. But, but, but she said, I put everything because I know that when I'm lacking, something must be wrong with the physical. But she said, when I heard that last week's message, I realized that it might be I need a spiritual gauge. See, last week I was saying most people have a spiritual and a physical gauge. Paige was saying, <coughs> as a young lady, I have a physical, emotional, but I haven't put the spiritual gauge on there. And she said, sometimes I'm realizing that when I'm struggling, when something's lacking, when something's not right, I lean back now and I'm looking at my spiritual gauge God, going, God, Oh, yeah, I have dropped off of my disciplines. I've dropped off my devotions. I've, I've, and so I'm now, she said, it helps me so much to know and place in each area where I need to go back to. Is that good? I'm just telling you, you need this word here today. You need this word today. Because sometimes y'all are trying to, all of us, trying to 
fix the wrong thing. And so, I, the moral of the story is don't be foolish of the gauges in your life. And so what I want to do is I want to ask you some big questions there. I want to, big questions. And, and I told you to gauge yourself up next to the Father. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to use the Word of God. I want to use biblical questions to help you gauge, okay? So it's not fair for me to just say, we need a spiritual gauge. Get, get, her, get her gauge up. I, 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 want, I want to help you, okay? So you want to write these down, take a picture of them, do something, get these into your system, all right? All right, here we go. We're, go, we're going to check a, a biblical checklist, if we can say, to gauge ourselves up next to the Father. Let the Father, actually let the Word of God begin to help gauge us. Number one, are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. Here we go. Are you filled with the Spirit as they were filled in Acts chapter 2? Are you filled with the Spirit as they were filled in Acts chapter 2? I don't know a denomination out there, a church out there, a Christian church out there that doesn't say this following thing, and that is the New Testament church begin in the book of Acts. All right? Everybody says that. That's that's common thing. That's not just one. That's everybody is agreement that the that's just common theology. So when we look at the book of Acts, he tells us how to be really check our gauges. And one of the first things he talks about in Acts chapter two is is are you filled with the Spirit? How how? Let me ask you a question. How can you be spiritual? and not be full of the Spirit. So you, you need to, if you're going to really check the spiritual gate, the first thing you want to do is be full of the Spirit. There was, there was two, two good old boys that, that bought a couple horses, and they were not cowboys. Be, be like me buying a couple horses. But these two guys, these two guys bought a couple horses, and, uh, man, they were, they were excited about it, and all, all was good until wintertime come, and they... They realized, man, we really need to board these horses, but they didn't want to spend the money, didn't have the money, whatever, to board the horses. And so they, they, they found a field and, and said, this is what we'll do. Make sure plenty of food's out there and all that good stuff. But we're going to release the horses into this, this, this field and, and, and let them go through the winter and do their thing. And, and, and we'll be back. They've got plenty of food all as well. And so... The one old boy looked at the other and goes, hey, uh, well, how, when we come back, how are we going to know which horse is, is our horse? And he goes, man, I got an idea. I know exactly what I'll do. You cut the tail off of yours, and I'll cut the mane off of mine. And then when we get back, we'll, we'll know which, which one's which. He said, man, that's brilliant. That's, all, that's an awesome idea. I should have thought of that myself. So they, they did that, and they left and that season passed and they, they came back after the season to, to get their horses and divide the horses and they came back and what they didn't know is kind of like some of you after quarantine, you came back and you, some of y'all still hadn't been to the barber. You know, and, and, and you came back and the horse's tail had grown back. And the mane had grown back. The one old boy looked at his other. He said, man, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to know which one's which? 
the tail grew back and the mane grew back. He said, bro, that's easy. That's, easy. that's not a big deal. You take the black one and I'll take the white one. Some of y'all catch it tomorrow. Some of you, like, what? It was that simple all the time? Like, really? Really? That's what I want to say to sometimes to people that want to grow spiritually. It just seems like common sense to me that if I want to grow spiritually, you want the Spirit. And so pursue the Spirit. Let the Spirit pursue you and grow in Christ. Be full of the Lord and be full of the prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, in the first message to the New Testament church, he said, then Peter, this is Simon Peter standing up. He had stood up and he said, then Peter said to them, repent. Man, you, gotta, you want to repent. And what, what, what else? What else? I'm, my ears are open. Repent. And what? Be baptized. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. For the remission of your sins, for the rolling, the washing away of your sins. And what? Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, whatever way that you like to say it. But there are Christians that do this all the time. They ignore this part of the Word of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 tells us that the Holy Spirit talks about the Holy Spirit being the mark of our salvation. So I'm starting there and very, it's very purpose-driven that I'm starting at that point. So the first thing is check, check your spirit gate. Have you been filled? If not, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. You can be filled with the Spirit in church, at home, uh, in your car, I recommend keep your eyes open. Let the Lord do His thing up in your life. Amen? Amen, amen. Number two, number two, have you been baptized in the lovely name of Jesus? Have you been baptized? If you have not been baptized in the lovely name of Jesus, we want to dunk you. We will dunk you next weekend. July the 26th, next Sunday if you will go out of here today and sign up at guest services, we're going to dunk you. And I think we already have like three or four signed up, ready to be baptized next Sunday morning. And we want you to add to that. We want you to be a part of that. So check, check that. I want, I want you to make sure that that part of the gauge is checked. All right, number three, are you developing more and more in your endurance in the testings of life? Are you developing more and more endurance in the testing of life? You're, you're, you're going to have testings. Look, look at James 1, 3 through 4. It says this. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, what, has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and need nothing. But they're, they're you know, I, I see some people, I said some, every, time, every time they get up and they, then they go through a test, back on their face again. I don't mean back in when they're facing prayer. I mean slack, constantly up and down. They're like a roller coaster living for the Lord. Up and down, up and down. I don't mean that. Yes, we all have failures. We all have mistakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they quit and then they're in. And then they're quit. There's, there's highs and lows. There's highs and lows. But through the testing of your faith, the Bible talks about they're growing into endurance. And so if you constantly see yourself, man, 
You're in the church and out of the church and in the church and out of there. I'm not trying to bring guilt on you. I'm trying to say, look, let's check the spiritual gauge. There's an issue here. Let's get it resolved. Let's get it healed. Let's get it fixed. Let's have spiritual maturity. Number four, do you play with temptation or resist it from the start? I mean, right? As soon as you see some t- temptation, you're like, oh. I mean, the Bible says I run from the very appearance of evil. But I see, I see people do this. Oh, let me just play with it. Let me, let me, let me just, I can handle it. I, I, I got this. I got this. And they handle and they play with temptation. No. You will know through your spiritual gauge. Look at it. Let the, lean into the Father. And listen, Lord, there's something's going wrong with me. I'm playing with things I shouldn't be playing with. I want to run Resist temptation. Are y'all receiving this word today? Amen. Number five. Number five. We could preach a long time on each one of these. Number five. Do you find joy in obeying the word of God? Or do you merely study it and learn it? In other words, you're in the Bible and and you're... and you're studying it, and man, I'm all in on you. I want you to study it. I want you to learn it. I want you to grow. But what I don't want you to do is be growing in knowledge and not growing in relationship. In, in other words, this, a lot of people mark their Bibles, but they don't let their Bibles mark them. A lot of people mark their Bibles, but don't let their Bibles mark them. And so I'm saying, Stop. Do you find joy in obeying the word of God or do you merely study it and learn it just for knowledge? In other words, boy, you can have a debate. You can have a debate with the best of them. You got it all figured out. All, but, but watch this. There's no fruit coming from your life. No fruit coming from your life. Look at there. Do you find what? Joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. If you have the spirit, joy is supposed to be budding out in your life. Do you find joy in obeying the Word of God or do you merely study it, learn it? I don't want to be full of knowledge and not be full of growth in my life. And so I do know, I do know a lot of people, again, with tenure in the church, with longevity in the church, they hear so many messages, they're educated beyond their level of obedience. And so I'm encouraging you to lean back into the fact, God, I want to grow I want to grow in my knowledge. I want to grow in the Word of God. I want to memorize the Word of God. We passionately believe in all that. But, but, I want to take that same Word and put it in my spirit and let it become something that changes my life. So, that's all right. That's all right. Judges chapter 1, verses 21 through 24 says, Receive with meekness. Not with, look, not with, not with pride. Receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your souls. But be ye what? Doers of the word and not hearers only. Watch what that does. It deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding himself, beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And so, I want you to lean back in and growth in God. To grow in God. I want this church to be a church that's 
just like strong, growing spiritually in God. We're trying our best to give all of us the tools to grow, even this in the series. But I need you to be a doer of the word. Amen? All right, number six. This is, a, this is tough maybe for some, for others not. Are there any prejudices that shackle your life? Are there any prejudices that shackle your life? Just have, you, have you shackled down? You can look at this. You can gauge your spirit. Pastor, I'm, my gauges are all the way up, but I'm full of all kind of prejudice in my life. Mm. And so we just need to, need to look at that. Number seven, are you able to control your tongue? Ouch. What happens? I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you something to bring guilt on you. I'm trying to help you. In other words, listen, if you can't control your tongue, that's the way you, ga- can, you, can, you can gauge your height next to your father. All right? All, I mean, you read the book of James, it's really trying to help you and growth in that area. I know there's going to be failures. I know there's going to be, you're going to have mistakes. I, I, we all do that. But the fact of the matter, you can gauge that. You can gauge where you are. Number eight, are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? In other words, the way we behave towards people indicates what we really believe about God. The Bible says this, and I, I taught it a few Wednesday nights ago, and that is this. By this you will know, my, I, you will know that you are my disciples if you, what? Love one another. Like, oh, man, really? I was like, dude, I was like wanting some outward stuff or something. No, 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 no. I, want, I want you to love them. I want you to love. And you're going to know if you're my disciples if you love He's not saying that to be mean to us. He's saying to us to give us a biblical gauge and go, oh, that's where I'm feeling that lack in him. And I feel that gauge. Number nine, do you keep his commandments? John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that is, he, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him, the commands of God, the love of God. I don't mean this kind of commands. I mean, I'm talking about, that's, the word of God is not full of that. But commands, the Lord leaning into relationship with God, and from his word, God begins to pull stuff out of me. And it may be a little different for him than it is for him, but God begins to gauge me because he knows what it's going to take to get you saved. Lean into that. That's why I don't want you judging yourself among yourselves. Because if I think i got to do everything that Stanley does or that Stanley's got to do everything that I... No, I want to I lean into the commandments of God and say, God, speak to me in my life. Keep me, guide me, direct me. And it may be a look a little different for me than it is for somebody, but I may have temptations in an area that someone else don't have. Are you with me? And so let God guide you. Let God guide you. All right. Here we, here we come. Here we go. Here we go. We're, we're all over it. Number 10. Number 10. Do you make plans without considering the will of God? Do you make plans without considering the will of God? The Bible says in that prayer, prayer that he asked us to pray, 
not my will but thine be done. When I go into business, do I say, God, what's your will in this? When I, when I marry, when I date, I mean, what, where I go to college, God, I want your will to be. Where I move to, what I do in life. Pastor, that's, that's hokey. I've got my own mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He blessed you with that. And you've got to make some choices. But I want, I want something from a higher height to tell me and guide me a little bit. Now, I probably may go a little bit further on some things than, than maybe some others do, but that don't make me more spiritual. It's just things I choose to do. But I, I, I lean in. Before I buy a vehicle, I say, God, if it's not your will, shut it down. And he has. He has. I was, I was, I was going to buy a boat one time. And, and he said, and I, just, I leaned into him, Lord, and he said, I don't want you doing it. There's nothing wrong with a boat. And I wanted that boat bad, like bad. <laughs> he says, it's, it's not the right time. I don't want you to do it. And about two years later, I was able to purchase a boat. But at that time in that season of my life, the Lord didn't want me to. And I stepped in, but I leaned into him and asked him to. Are you with me? Doesn't make me more spiritual. It just are you leaning on the will of God? Dean and I, and I'm trying to be real with some of this stuff right now. But Dean and I, uh, we were actually supposed to be on vacation. This was the week we were supposed to take vacation, so we weren't supposed to be here this Sunday. Many months ago, we had it marked off on the calendar. Y'all, y'all, y'all see, I'm here, right? Uh, because we said, Lord, you do your will in this, on whether we go or not. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. We've tried to book vacations from Dan to Beersheba. That's biblical terminology. Don't look that up on the map. But I, 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 we, tried to, we tried to go everywhere. We just like, get me out. of. We, we, we tried here, and the, y'all, the craziest things were happening. We, we, well, we can't go there. Without, and and we, we searched forever on that. That fell through. And we was going to go over here. That, that fell through. And we're going to go over here. That fell through. So we ended up in Coons. Uh, no, that's just funny. But the gateway to adventure. But I, I, I mean, we rode Village Creek. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, no, but what I'm saying is I didn't know. I didn't know the future. But we said every time, God, if it's not your will, shut it down. Well, we were supposed to go with my brother and his wife. Well, we didn't know at that time. God was watching out for us because God sees from a different vantage point. We, God loves the details. And we had asked him, and he kept shutting it down. And it literally became a funny thing with my brother and his wife, Cindy. We're like, God's got some reason. Well, what we didn't know is Brent, Cindy, Dallas, Bailey all came down with the coronavirus. My brother was sicker than you could possibly imagine. He's just now today back at his church, not preaching, but back there out from under it, but very weak. Are you understand what I'm saying? God knew all that. He didn't want me to waste a gazillion dollars and planning all that trip. And so we love Coons. <laughs> We're going to leave today and drive over there and drive back. It's a blast to go to the big thicket park. 
no, I'm being silly, but what I'm saying is leaning into God. That don't mean a vacation won't come in the future. That doesn't mean God doesn't have something in the future. But I want God in the middle of everything I do. Is that all right? So check that spiritual gate. Do you make plans without considering the will of God? Number 11, are you selfish when it comes to money? I literally, I've been around people, pastored for years, still can't get a hold of this and selfish with money. I'm not trying to act like you're the devil. I'm trying to say, look, there's some kind of trust issue. God wants to work you through, walk you through, and when he does, you're going to be healthy in that area. But it's just a way to gauge you. Number 12, do you naturally depend on prayer when you find yourself in some kind of trouble? Psalms 50, 15, it says, And call upon the name of the Lord in trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Call on him in prayer. I love that Christians, man, we're out there, and, and we're about to have a, a wreck or, or, or whatever. Everybody, Jesus! Huh? Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. That's the first thing your mind went to. Jesus! He said, that's what I want you to do. I want to, is that when you hit financial struggle, when you hit health struggle, it's the first thing, one of the things we said a few years ago is pray first. Before you do anything else, pray first. Pray first. Before you do anything else. That's, that's been a shift even in our own family. The first thing we do, we get a headache. My God, take an ibuprofen, Tylenol, just standing over there with a chunk them at you. No, before you do... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any kind of medicines. I'm not saying, but, but, but have we stopped long enough just to pray about it? Have we stopped just long enough to, to but before we t- trust every little peel comes along, can we just stop and say, Lord, I want your will in this situation, and God, I'm asking you to touch me. It, it, it may be his will for you to take some things, but just stop long enough to pray about it. <laughs> All right, number 13. Man, this is tough. You ready? What is your attitude towards the prodigal brother or the new believer? Just a way to gauge it, all right? When I say the word prodigal, if you don't know what that means, that means in the Bible, this boy was at the father's house, and he left and ran away and fell into sin. I know it was a long time gone. But he came back home, and the elder brother was ticked because... The boy that came back home, the daddy said, let's throw a party for him. My son is home. And the Lord in the story was not happy. He was excited about the boy coming home, but he wasn't happy with the elder brother that had an attitude about him coming back. Does that make sense? What's your attitude when somebody walks away from God and you've been serving God faithfully and that son or that daughter comes back home and all of a sudden, the church gets excited about it. The church even says, hey, man, you back home? If I remember right, you had a really good voice. Why don't you come up here and sing? What does my spirit do with that? Is it go, whoo, they were gone, but they're home? Or is it critical, backbiting, gossiping? And what that shows is an issue in the maturity of the old elder brother and not an issue with the younger brother or the prodigal coming back home. I, want to, I don't want to be critical. And there's a natural side of us, the human side of us, that wants to be critical. 
Did you see what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to do. But leaning back into this thought that going, when I, that's going on in me, I'm not trying to tell you you're evil. I'm saying when that's going on to you, bing, 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 there's a red gauge going back, back, back. Check engine lights on. You're going, well, I don't know what it is. I still got Jesus in there. Yeah, he's still in there. But you got some issues. Is that all right? No, I checked the engine. Jesus still loves me. Yeah, he still loves you. But he wants you to love everybody else too. Check your engine. Check your gauge. Well, I don't know if y'all are having fun, but I am. All right, last but not least. Y'all are going, please let him finish. Please. He's killing me. All right, here we go. Here we go. Number 13. Number 13. 14. I just wanted to see if y'all were listening. And I'm lying. All right. Here we go. I didn't give you a scripture on 13. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, we ought always to thank God for your brothers and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more and the love every one of you has and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. I want it to be increasing. I'm going to tell you something, people, that I get the honor to do life in church with. I love y'all. Well, thank you. We're all on the same team. We're trying to get to the same place. No, I like, I like love y'all. You say, you don't even know me, man. I know I don't know you that great, but you got the t-shirt on that you're on the team. And I love you. And we want to help you. We want to grow together. We want to develop together. We got to make heaven. When I get to heaven, by the grace and help of God, I want your face to be on the streets of gold with me. All right, here we go. I got to go. I'm losing my mind. Number 14. Am I on the right one now? Do you forgive others or do you, do you hold a grudge for years? You're like, man, you could have really stopped at 13, you know. Do you forgive others or do you hold a grudge for years? See, we're trying to, God's trying to get us to forgive. You say, I'm not forgiving. You don't know what they did. Uh, that's killing them. I need, we need to get you well. This is your gauge. Well, I'm going to hold on their gauge too and keep it down. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're catching yourself on fire and expecting them to die from smoke inhalation. Let it go, man. God will deal with them. You got to be well. You got to. Do you forgive others or do you hold a grudge? for years Mark 11 says this and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone forgive him now this is the this, this question that I asked you number 14 is a salvation question it's a salvation question pastor how's it salvation I never heard that in the salvation plan it's a salvation question because and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that what? Your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. For, a lack, uh, unforgiveness is one of the only things that can stop the blood of Jesus from covering your sins. That's crazy, isn't it? 
It's one of the only things that binds the hand of the Lord and the blood of Jesus is that when you don't forgive others, He can't forgive your sins. But when you forgive, when you forgive, by, by the way, can I just stop right here and say this? Forgiveness and forgetting is two different things. You're going to keep remembering because God gave you a brain. God gave you a brain. You're going to keep remembering. So that don't mean I step right back into the doing business with them. No, they may be knuckleheads. But I can forgive them. And usually, I, this, is, this is free today, but I usually know when I have forgiven someone when I no longer seek revenge. So that's kind of a personal gauge for me. When I no longer seek revenge and I work out, I may have to forgive them 70 times 7 in one day. I may cough up all kind of stones. I may, I may struggle in things that I, I may, I may smell something that reminds me of a memory of what somebody, I may hear a song and remind me of what, it can be anything. God says, hey, that's not, you got a memory. That doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them because you remember it. I gave you that gift so you wouldn't get back and do the same dumb thing again. But I am saying this, can you walk through and forgive them? And on your end, let it go. You can check your spiritual gauge right there. And, and when you no longer seek revenge, you know, you know that you've let go. And the Lord says, when you let go, I grab hold of your life and I begin to forgive. And he says this also too about this. He said, I can't even hear your request. It's like my ears are shut to your request. But when that unforgiveness comes, sins are forgiven. You can forgive your sins and I can hear your request. We got, we got old Christians, old Christians, had a lot of tenure in the church, have unforgiveness, and God's going, I know that you think you're really deep in God, but I can't, I can't, I can't, hear, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. But we open that up through the power of forgiveness. 14. That's enough for you to grow on, right? Right, would you stand with me today? This is what I want you to do. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord right here, right now. Right now. This is what what I want you to do. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we had a guest minister here in Clint Sylvester. At the end of his message, he asked folks to just turn around and kneel down right where you're at and right now we can't have altars because we don't want people all over each other and passing corona you know but I love when he did that because I think it's something that's healthy and so this is what I ask you to do I ask you to do if your health will allow you some people are not able to get down on your knees at your chair but if your health will allow you allow you would you turn around and kneel down and if your health won't allow you, just sit down and bow your head. And this is what I want you to do. We're going to sing a song, but while we're singing that song, I want you to really talk to the Lord about your spiritual gauge and say, God, help me with this. Help me with number five. Help me with number seven. God, help me with number nine. I don't, I need some help right there.
And God's saying, my grace is sufficient. I'll be there to help you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Just talk to him as we sing. I'm going I'm to kick the enemy's backside right here. What he wants to do, the first thing he wants to do is step in and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the deal. I'm going to put guilt on you because, because your gauge is down. I'm going to put guilt on you because maybe there were some areas that really touched on that, man, I don't feel like, you know, that gate. And guilt steps in. Listen to me. This is not a house of guilt. God, I didn't preach this message to, to preach guilt on you. I preach this message for you to simply be able to see the gauge and go, I'm not, I don't feel guilt about it. I'm glad to know that I, God can, through His grace, can help me get a handle on this and get my soul healthy again. Amen? So kick the guilt off. Kill the guilt off. In Jesus' name, kill the guilt, kick the guilt off. God bless you. There is uh, something happening. I leaned over and told Brother Brandon and uh, during praise and worship, I leaned over and I said, bro, I got to tell you, there are so many people in this room right now. I like don't even know. There's so many I don't know their names. And this is, this is kind of what's happening. This is kinda, God's doing his deal. In the middle of all of this stuff that we're going through with this virus, and of course our numbers are not what they normally are because of it. And, but in the middle of all this, we're having like this secret revival that God's adding to the church that when everybody does come back home, you better watch out. You better, you're going to have to scribble your name on your seat. God's doing something, isn't he? Let's give God a give a hand clap of praise. Can we do that? God bless you. Have a blessed week. Have a blessed week. God, let God work on your emotional and spiritual grades. Just have a blessed week.